You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper and this is episode 53 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And today I've got something special for you while Autumn is away because Adam Croft has agreed to join me today to discuss read-through. And while Autumn and I have talked about the importance of writing in series before, we've never really covered read-through in more depth. So Adam and I are going to look into why it is important how it could revolutionize your series sales and uh, how to calculate it. So Adam is a seven-figure author and has sold more than two million books. He is one of the most successful indie authors in the world, and he has been featured on BBC television and radio together with many other media outlets. So as you can hear, we've got some real expert advice from you to uh, for this final podcast episode of 2019. So I think we're going to close out with a bang here. So welcome to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, Adam. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so I just said, you know, as I just said, uh, when people hear this, we are actually at the 30th of December, but we are recording well in advance of time, uh, in advance of time, and we are only in the end of November at the moment. So I don't quite feel the Christmas spirit yet, but I don't know about you, Adam. Well, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and, feels um, weird. Yeah, I hope no major events happen in the next month that we're obviously not going to be able to reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just here in in, in Denmark. There's no snow yet, and it's just raining, and it's it's a bit like. Uh, it's a bit like boring autumn weather, but uh, yeah, not not much of a Christmas feeling yet. But hopefully, it'll come over the next coming weeks. Well, England is very much the same, um, but in terms of the Christmas feeling, we're getting there. My son will be three in February, so yesterday we uh, went to visit Santa, and um, yeah, we came home and put some Christmas music on and things like that to uh, to try and get into the spirit. We have to have to do it a little bit earlier than we might otherwise because he's only small and he. He enjoys getting into it. But um, yeah, Christmas spirit is is growing here, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. They've started decorating some of the shops here, but I've not, not seen any Santas around yet, though. Uh, but, uh, well, they've all been over here, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> He's not made his way past He's Denmark. He's not, not got to Denmark yet, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but uh, we're going to talk some read-through stuff here today. But I, <clears throat> actually, I was thinking, Adam, um, because... I also saw the the book, the nonfiction book you wrote, the indie author mindset, mm. and I know that you always talk a lot about taking the long term view on your author career yeah. rather than focusing on short term gains. Mm. And I, I really like that because that's always what I advocate as well. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe when we're talking about read through, maybe it's relevant to just touch a bit on that because. I think it's important that we don't get too too you know tied up in how do I earn a lot of money short term 
a kind of thinking, mm. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, read through is um, without a doubt a long term thing to be considering. It's um, but it is vital for you know a lot of reasons we will cover, and it will give you some some information, some statistics, which will effectively. Um, inform your advertising and allow you to know straight away when you're looking at an ad whether it's likely to be profiting or not in the long term um it is yeah very much tied into the kind of the analytical business side of things when you're looking at the long term of publishing and it's about calculating really whether a dollar you spend today is going to make you back uh you know perhaps five ten times that over the course of months or even a couple of years hmm yeah, exactly, and 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 I think as well when we're talking about read through, it's also about for people for people to go from reading your book one and on to reading the rest of the series, you need to put in the professionalism and do a good job in terms of making sure that the each of the book and especially of course that that book one mm-hmm. is professional, so that it's professionally edited. It has been through. Uh, all the editing stages in terms of making sure that the plot is there and that there's a good story, there's good character arcs and all, all that good stuff. But because out of, without all of that, I mean, if I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if, if people go into all the marketing uh, advertising space here with the mindset of let me put out some quick books in a quick series here so that I can get some read through and I can earn some money, then... I think that would be shooting yourself in the foot. It would. And I, I know a fair bit about that. I've been there myself. Um, I mean, I would say to people, yes, you, you do really need at least probably three books out in a series before you're going to start doing any heavy advertising or before you you know want to get anywhere near making a profit from that advertising anyway. There's not, nothing wrong with getting the name out there and, and finding those readers, but giving them something to read onto is absolutely vital. Um, and yet it, it is the case that you want that book, obviously, as you do with all your books, to be as, the best they possibly can be. Um, I fell foul of that myself. I wrote my first book in my series, my main series, in, well, finished it in 2010, and that came out the first couple of days of 2011. Um, and I wrote the first book of my other series a few weeks later. So at that point, I didn't really know how to write. I certainly didn't know how to publish. Um, This was in the early days of the the Kindle over here. So it was very much hit and hope. The books weren't great. They're still not brilliant. I mean, I have revised them since, but I can't, you know, what I would like to do is rewrite them all from, from head to toe. But that's obviously not practical for a number of reasons. So, yeah, I'm battling that myself. In fact, having fairly low read through um on that series because the first couple of books are just so poor mm. yeah autumn and i also discussed it at one point i i do not recall right now if it was on a podcast episode or if it was just in one of our personal conversations but we did discuss at one point this dilemma of going back and rewriting a book one and and also it's like I, I guess you could say it also depends on how long the series is after that, because is it really worth, because it will take quite a lot of effort. Mm. And is that really worth it? I, I don't know. I, I guess that's... Well, this is the thing. I mean, if you've got a long, ongoing series, then I would say just carry on writing the series. Um, the 
new books that you write, the more of those you have out will will flood out the poor ones earlier on. I think people expect a series to get better as it goes on and a writer's career to get better as it goes on. Um, and as you say, the amount of time it takes and the benefit that you might get from that, um, I think it's it's probably the case that it's not worth doing major revisions. I mean, if you go back and there are loads of typos and things and stuff that just doesn't make sense and is um, is objectively poor, um, then by all means make some small tweaks. But I don't think major rewrites are good unless you've got, for example, a, a very tight trilogy or something like that where one really poor book is going to stand out quite clearly against the other two. Mm. So maybe maybe we actually we should actually start out by defining what we mean when we say read through. Yes, we can try. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it is essentially the percentage of readers which will um, read through your series or read through from one book to another. So, for example, if 100 people buy book one in my series and um, in a similar period of time, um, 25 will buy book two, then I can assume and I underline and embolden that word assume that um basically a quarter of people who have read book one or who at least who have bought book one have read book two you're not going to get figures that high for a number of reasons which we'll, which we'll go into later but that would give you a read-through percentage of 25 percent um your read-through will likely drop the further you get through a series mainly because more people will come in on book one and will not get as far as book two, then won't get as far as book three, and and so on. Um, But there are a lot of things that can influence read-through. It's not necessarily the case that if you've got a read-through of 2% or 5%, that doesn't mean that 95 or 98% of people didn't enjoy the book. Generally speaking, most people who buy the book won't even read it. I mean, I think we all can attest to the fact that the number of books we have on our kindles or even on our bookcases is um infinitely more than the number we've ever read so most people who buy the book won't read it um people who do buy it um some of them won't enjoy it most of them probably will and even those ones who do enjoy it won't necessarily automatically in a kind of automaton robotic style go and buy the second one they might think oh yeah i'll get the second one at some point and then forget about it or they might pop it onto their wish list and never actually buy it or the doorbell might go while they're in the middle of doing it so you know all all of these things will contribute to effectively lowering your read-through rate um and it it doesn't matter so much what the read-through rate is it's not really um about influencing that number it's more about calculating it finding out what it is and then utilizing that um in your advertising and your marketing as a piece of information, which can actually be very helpful to you. Yeah. And I was wondering while you were talking there, do you have any like guidelines or whatever you want to call it on? So if people calculate their read through rate, I, I, and I do know we haven't really explained how to calculate it, but maybe we can back, come back to that in a second. But if they do calculate their read through rate, um, do you have any like guidance or ideas about what, when can they consider like, okay, now I have a, a fairly good read-through rate versus uh, this is not good enough, for example? Or do you think it doesn't matter and you you, you sort of <laughs> benchmark against yourself almost or, or what do you think? Exactly. I think you do benchmark against yourself. I, I think 
to a large extent, it is what it is. It's not massively um, influenceable, to be honest with you. You can't really influence the read-through rate too much other than writing a better book. And, you know, as I said at the top of the show, we should be writing the best books we can anyway. So, you know, it, it it's kind of kind of irrelevant really whether the read-through rate is good or bad there isn't anything that is good or is bad obviously the, the higher the better but i wouldn't be um alarmed if you calculate yours and find it coming out at sort of two percent five percent um you know it's not the case that that is a, a huge failure it's going to make life more difficult for you of course um because effectively if you're selling um a copy of book one and it's costing you more to advertise that than it is the royalty you're making on book one that's not necessarily the end of the road because the logic is that a percentage of those people will then go and buy book two book three so on if you've got a series of 10 books and if you know that x percent of people will buy all 10 books then you know that a sale of book one isn't just worth a sale of book one it's worth a sale of book one plus x percent of sales of 10 books if that makes sense so it's about calculating the value of a reader rather than a sale and calculating your read through is about um, getting that magical number of how likely that person who has bought that book is to become a reader of the series rather than just a purchaser of book one yeah, and, and I think at least from my perspective, I would say, and maybe that was where, what I was trying to get at as well, but I, I guess I would say that people shouldn't be scared when they calculate the number because it's going to be much lower than you think. Oh, yeah. It's not like a be like, well, 70% of people who read my book one is going to read book two. It's, it's, it's probably not like that. Yeah. I mean, 70% of people who bought it won't even read it. So no. <laughs> they might like it and get to the end or their Kindle might crash or, um, you know, we've all read books by authors that we've loved and we know there's more there in the series, but we still haven't gone out and bought them for whatever reasons. We've just forgotten or, you know, life gets in the way. And that's that's generally um, the biggest influence when it comes to, to books and, and buying books is that life gets in the way. Um, every time I put a new book up for pre-order, for example, I... Um, I put something in my my readers group on Facebook. It's got a, a couple of thousand people in that now, I think. And I always put a quick straw poll up and say, in case you've not already bought the book, um, can I just ask why out of interest? You know, is it is it priced too high? Does the blurb not sound enticing? Um, have you just not got round to it yet? Have you you know not seen any ads for it or anything like this? Is this the first you've heard of it? And overwhelmingly 70 80 85 percent of the um, results are that people say they just haven't got around to it yet despite me emailing four or five times or you know putting things up on facebook all the time it, they just people are busy they put it to the back of their minds they would do it at a later date um and and that's gonna be the case when people have read your book and the only um nudges they get to buy the next one um is a mention in the back of the book perhaps or your your kindle or your kobo or whatever it is popping up and saying actually do you know there's more books in this series would you like to grab them now if they don't do it then then they haven't got any more reminders so you know that is going to lower the read-through rate anyway quite naturally yeah, absolutely. And then as you say there, of course, it's it's a very good idea to put that uh, link to the next book in the back of the first book so that they can go on straight to um, to buy the next one if they like what they just read. And at least it's more likely at that point in time that they will do it right away because they're, they're right there on the page and the link is staring at them. So yeah. Uh, yeah. so that's, of course, it's a good trick. Um, but I would also say that it's, it's 
I think I, I don't remember the exact number, but I read somewhere something like you had to have read, I don't know what it was, like five, six, seven books, something like that of an author before you, before you actually start remembering the author's name. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's also what you're battling against here is that oh, yeah. people just don't remember. And e-readers have made that really difficult. Um, well, one e-reader has made that really difficult and that was <laughs> our, our beloved Kindle, which um, doesn't give you on the lock screen when your your kindle is locked most of them don't show you um the book that you're reading and then when you unlock your kindle it just goes straight back to the text so you can't remember the title you can't remember the author um some of them like ibooks um will show you the covers um kobo as well when you lock your device the the front cover is the save screen um so some of them are better in that regard but many of the kindles um don't do that and a lot of people, I, I'm forever getting emails from readers telling me that they loved my latest book, X. And I think I've never heard of that book. Um, and they're talking about characters of mine that are their favorites. And I'm thinking, they're not mine. And I'll, um, you know, I'll Google them or search on Amazon and find out who did write them. And I'll go, oh, yeah, that was by so-and-so, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, that, was, that was a great series too. And yeah, try you know, <laughs> not make them feel too daft about it because they have taken the time to email me after all. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it is phenomenal that people don't know the books they've read. We quite often remember the stories. We remember the characters. Um, but it can take a while to remember the name of the author or at least the, the title of the book. So, um, yeah, again, it's, it goes back into why creating a strong brand is so important um, and why when we're calculating read-through or trying to gain read-through and get readers through our series, um, I think there really does need to be a kind of a fresh approach that I'm not sure what it is yet but it does need to take these things into account and recognize the fact that the um, the world as it is, the ecosystem as it is, the technology as it is, um, kind of works against us in many ways. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe, should we, could you say maybe some words about how, how do people actually calculate this stuff then? Maybe, maybe that's a good thing to get into. Well, this is a difficult thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I probably should give a few cautionary notes beforehand when it comes to calculating read-through. There are many things that can um, skew it and can cause some issues. And one of those is perma-free. Um, we mentioned how you know few people sometimes will read through from one book to the other. And if you've got one book which is permanently free, perhaps your first in series, um, that effect is going to be amplified massively because free books on the whole just don't get read. Um, people fill their Kindles with them. Um, you know, I've got hundreds of free books on my Kindle. I'm never going get, to get through to reading them all. It's just not going to happen. But you see one and you think, well, it's not costing me anything. I might as well grab it and then read it when I've got some time in the future. And as we all know, um, most of us writers and creatives are also procrastinators. We know very well that when we say we'll do something in the future, it's not going to get done. <laughs> um so those books largely don't get read the ones that do get read a huge percentage of those um will be read by people who only get free books you know they're on low incomes or they don't believe you should pay for books or, or, or whatever the reason is um they're just not going to go and buy book two because you know for them reading is a, a free thing and that's fine i guess but they're they're not going to become long-term readers of yours anyway so this is why I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about free. Um, I think it can be helpful in some ways, in some big ways, and that's a that's a, an episode for another time. Um, but things like that can really skew the data. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I was sorry for interrupting you, but I was just about to inject there because we actually did uh, release a podcast episode like, I don't know, three, four, five episodes back or something like that about uh, permafreeze yeah. uh, because we also surveyed um, a lot of our readers and we were asking them different kinds of questions. But what really came out as a conclusion from that is that what you just said, basically, because the book is free, people download it, it ends up on the Kindle, they never read it again. Mm-hmm. So our conclusion out of that was actually that we don't think free books are any good anymore because it doesn't help. It's much better to get them to, because we also asked the readers questions about, so we, we asked them question, if you have got a book for free, do you read it right away or at least right after the one you're currently reading or, or, or what? And most of them said, no, they'll get back to it at some point, which means, of course, in translation, they will never get back to it. No, I, I, mean, um, I mean, free does have some uses. I don't think it's a long-term viability um i think um it's good for sometimes a quick burst of um visibility you know free books will get downloaded more they'll get seen more they'll get found more um and also i don't want to go too far off piece here but you can um if you've got audio for example um with whisper sync add-on enabled then for example um having a book free for a short period of time to get a bookbub featured deal um can actually um, rake you in a fair bit of cash in audio add-ons through WhisperSync because a lot of audio listeners, when they've run out of their their free books for the month or their included books for the month in their plan, um, will download free or cheap Kindle books and then pay an extra couple of dollars for the the audio add-on. It's a much cheaper way of them doing that. So, um, Mm. yeah, there there can be some cash to be brought in there. But I digress. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get sorry. Back on to read that was through. me uh, derailing you. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. It's um, it, it, it's a vital point of 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 this, really, a vital part of calculating read through. You know, accounting for all of these things, and you know, I think in in terms of being an indie publisher, nothing is a is a satellite thing. Everything kind of influences each other, um, and that does make calculating read through more difficult. But um, I'll try and break it down into its its most basic parts. Um, it is radically oversimplifying it. But effectively, um, you want to take a period of time, which ideally, and this is where it becomes difficult again, um, gives each book a, a fair crack of the whip. So, for example, if you're taking the last year, um, you've got a five-book series and you're taking the last year, um, but book five has only been out for a month, then you're not going to have a full complement of data there. Um, you might just want to include the last month in in that case. So you're essentially giving each book a similar amount of time on the market um, so that you've got fairly clean data. You also want to make sure that that period of time is as long as it can be, to be fair, so that you've got um, the biggest amount of data you can and the data therefore should be truer. So effectively what you want to do is look at um, the number of downloads, um, purchases that each book has had in that period of time and um, the amount of money that book has made in each period of time. Um, you're then calculating, um, for example, I, I did this in, um, in one of mine. I took um, a fairly short time period. Um, I looked at my series and in that period, um, one book of uh, book one sold 518 copies book two sold 390 book three was 312 book four 275 and book four uh, book five 240 so yeah these are just kind of fairly random numbers but 
you can see the numbers reduce each time, of course, as readers drop off, they forget to buy the next book, they give up on the series, whatever it is. Um, and you're then calculating um, the percentage that reads through um, from one book to the next. So book two's download numbers are X percent of book one's, book three's are X percent of book two's or whatever. Then gets the end of the series, you're looking at the number who have got right through to the end compared to the number who have uh, started the series and looking at what that percentage is uh, of, of all readers, you know, what percentage got as far as book five. Um, that's the reader you're looking for in a calculation that you're, you're, you're aiming for there. So say, for example, you calculate that um, 20% of your readers, for example, make the full way through a five book series. Um, you then want to calculate the value of that series. So you've got book one, where you might have a royalty of a dollar, and say books two, three, four, and five, you've got a royalty of $2 each. So somebody reading the whole way through the series would earn you $9. But 20% of people read their whole way through the series. So essentially somebody starting book one has a 20% chance of reading through the series and earning you $9. Um, and this time of the morning, I'm not going to try and work out what that is in my head. I think it's about $1.80, <laughs> something like that. So, um, or is it? Let's let's work that one out. Um, so it is $1.80. So that um, reader wouldn't actually be worth that $1 um, to you. It'd actually be worth almost twice that. So when you're selling a uh, you know advertising a book and you're spending i don't know whatever it is on on advertising that and you're not quite making a profit in fact you are you're probably doubling your money in you know just using those numbers that i've i've plucked completely out of nowhere um so if you know that that um read through uh, sorry that reader would earn you that um, $1.80 um for reading through the whole series which is 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 pretty low it's just a number that I've <laughs> I've generated through inventing random ones. Let's face it. Um, then, if you also know your conversion rate, um, which you can work out through some funky uh, manipulation of the Amazon Ads um, uh, dashboard, for example, then you can work out what you can spend on an ad. So, if you know that. You make $1.80 for somebody who reads through the series. Um, you know that 10% of people who hit your landing page will convert into a sale. Your conversion rate is 10%. Then you know that that 10% of that $1.80 means that if you're spending less than 18 cents a click, you're likely to be making a profit across the series. Um, so essentially, it's it, it, it gives you that final piece of data, that final piece of information um, that will enable you to make a calculation as to looking at an ad and knowing fairly instantly whether it's likely to be profitable and knowing what your benchmarks are for advertising and knowing that you've, you've got that ceiling there. And as long as you spend under that, you, um, you'll be making a long-term profit. That's it. I was going to say in short, but that wasn't very short at all. <laughs> no, but I, I think the main point with, with this read-through and why it's important to do this in calculation here is because it's 
increases the bar, so to speak, on how much you can spend on advertising your book one. Because if you look at your book one in isolation and you try to work out, okay, how much can I spend looking at my conversion rate to make sure that I get at least, let's say, a 1% return on investment or something like that, then that number will be incredibly much lower on how much you can actually bid on your ads on Amazon, for example, or on Facebook or wherever you're advertising compared to when you take into account all the revenue you're going to get from the rest of the series, then you can increase your ad spend and your bidding and basically making sure that you have a fair chance in your ads actually being served. Because if if you only look at like a $2.99, $3.99 book one or whatever, or even let's say $4.99, when you take away the royalties from that and you take away the conversion rate, which will drop you down to, let's say, then 10%, mm-hmm. uh, then you're bidding so low to ensure a positive return on investment that, that your ads are never going to get shown on Amazon anyway. That's right, yeah. I mean, I I looked at, for example, my um, – I just found my figures there while you were talking rather than inventing ones. I thought I'd find the actual figures that I did. So, mm-hmm. for example, book one in my series at the moment is um, at 99 cents, and that's the price point I'm testing there. So I will earn probably about 25 cents, something like that, um, nearly 30 cents for um, a download of that book, for a sale of that book which makes you think, well, actually, that's not even worth advertising. But that series, based on my read-through rates, I've worked out what a um, you know a, a, a reader uh, um, that comes across is worth over the lifetime of their, their readership. So, for example, I've worked it out for each different vendor, um, and I can see that, for example, a Kindle reader to me um, in that series is worth £6.51, um, a Kobo reader is worth £7.10, an Apple reader is worth £7.81. Um, so they're, they're actually, it's worth somewhere around the, the £7 mark um, a reader. So whereas it looks as if there's a, a 20 or 30p royalty to be made there, that's that's not the case. Actually getting somebody to to read that series could be worth about seven or eight pounds to me. Um, and that's a, that's a massive, massive difference um, yeah. from, from what you believe that reader is worth. Um, you know, we're not talking about being pennies out here. This is... You know, thousands of percent higher um, and will make a, a massive difference to the way that you do your marketing or advertising. Um, of course, you're not going to see that seven or eight pounds possibly for a couple of years, um, but that's a huge, huge return. Um, and with most businesses not making a profit in the first couple of years anyway, um, I mean, I would, you know, I'd happily tuck away um, a pound or two if I knew that it was going to be making me back seven or eight a couple of years later. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where I guess we can tie back to the beginning where we talked about that this is a long-term view on, on things, right? It's not it's not about making a quick buck or something. Um, yeah. And it takes, I mean, I don't I don't know for other, I mean, I know some people can read a book really quickly, but for me, it takes months and months and months just to read one book. So yeah. <laughs> if I'm your reader, it'll take forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's the thing. Everybody is different. um, And there are so many different variables that go into this, which is why having the the maximum amount of data we can is is vital. Um, I mean, for example, if you're a new author, um, you might not have um, the the volume of sales and, and the amount of time behind you to be able to get clean data to calculate this, which is why I think calculating a read through is something that is best done. Um, the more 
um, the more you go on, for example, it, it, it's something which is, is worth doing throughout your um, author career. It's worth doing, you know, every few months and just, um, you know, seeing, um, seeing what your, uh, your read-through rate is at that point in time because it will change. You, the data will get cleaner, so it, it, it's well worth repeating the exercise. Mm, yeah, for sure. I was just wondering as well. So, when or for those people who have their books in Kindle Unlimited, mm. I, I guess that will complicate matters a bit because you will have some people buying the book, you will have other people borrowing the book. Um, so you need to be a bit careful with calculating there, I guess, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Kindle Unlimited does um, does complicate things as well. Um, your read through rates will probably be higher, but the competition is also higher, and your royalty rate will be lower. Um, it also doesn't help that the amount you get paid for page reads changes and drops. Let's face it, every month as mm. well. So that, that does complicate things. And the calculations there are a bit different and a even more complicated. I mean, things like this aren't, aren't difficult to get across in the medium of audio anyway. It, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, there is, a, um, there is a little something I can do for your listeners to help out there, which we'll, we'll cover at the end of the show, I'm sure. Um, and, yeah, even things like box sets can um, complicate things because you think, well, okay, is somebody reading, for example, if you've got a box set of books one to three, is somebody reading book four coming from book three or are they coming from your box set of one to three? Um, also, a lot of people read out of order. A very large number of people will read out of order. I'm forever getting messages on Facebook and emails saying, oh, I've read these three books of yours. Which one should I read next? I'm thinking, well, you've read books two, five, and seven <laughs> out of order. Um, so you know, I'm glad you've enjoyed them because that's frankly miraculous when you've read them in that order. Um, but yeah, you know, people people do. And it doesn't matter how much you say this is the next book in the series or you have things plastered all over your website, all over your emails, all over your Facebook with all the books in order. Um, you know, people are people. They will just do whatever they want, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, read-through is um, probably the, the line of best fit, I would say. It's, um, it's the best thing we have at the moment. Um, but when we're dealing with that amount of unpredictability and and general human nature we're never going to get something perfect but um you know it, it it's better than nothing um which i know is not um the best sales message in the world no but it, it's i think it's more about looking at the big picture here because if if, if with the example you were talking about earlier on you know if you know that you are Earning like I mean seven, eight, nine dollars for for uh, those people from from one person starting the beginning of the series, and when you take into account all the drop off and whatnot, you know that okay, a reader is worth seven, eight, nine dollars. It it's not about the seven or the eight or the ninth. It's more about understanding the range of okay, so it's 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 around this level that I'm gonna earn. Uh, let's say my my reader is worth around this level of money. I mean, yeah. if it's 7.5 or 8.5, that's not going to rock the boat. No. But it, at least it gives you indication on, okay, how much can I approximately bid and still end up profitable in the end? Maybe a couple of years later, as you say, but but I think that's the takeaway, right? That, that you need to to think it long-term and, and as an indicator rather than like an exact number. 
Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it, it it's going to be closer than you have beforehand. That's for sure. It's um you know it's not going to be um exact. It's not going to be foolproof. Um, but yeah, you will you will be closer than you you were otherwise. So um, it, it's definitely worth doing. Um, it can really give you um some some excellent insight into what a reader might be worth, which otherwise we're just we're just guessing. And as you say, the only number we've really got is the the royalty that you get from that um, specific um, upfront sale rather than um, from looking at um, you know the, the, the whole bigger picture mm, yeah exactly so I don't know Adam is there any things we missed out or I forgot to ask you about when it comes to read through that is important to um, cover I don't think so um, the only thing I was going to mention is that um, as I say, it's difficult to um, to get this through in in audio format. Um, but if it's something that um, listeners or uh, to the podcast are interested in, I do have a, a short course um, on calculating read through, which um, I'm I'm very happy to give your listeners um, half price access to um, as a, an exclusive deal for them. That's great. Yeah, and I will put a link to um, to that discount code or link, I rather, <laughs> in the show notes uh, below. So uh, for the, for you, dear listener, if, if you're interested in checking out Adam's course on this, uh, you can get that very special I Am Writing Fantasy podcast uh, discount uh, by, by going from that link below. And I, I think, Adam, you said that it's not going to expire, that link. Is that right? So people no. can just use yep. it. Yep, that'll be there forever. I think it's um, uh, courses.indieauthormindset.com, I think. Um, you get um, 50% off of all of the courses. But if you go for the um, the, the read-through one, I think the uh, the code is um, am, am writing fantasy, um, And that'll mean that the course actually costs less than $25. So, um, yeah, makes it makes it a great deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I would say go and check that out. And uh, we I know we just passed Christmas now, but maybe a late Christmas gift for yourself. Maybe that's an idea. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> you can use your Christmas money on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So I would say thanks a lot, Adam, for coming on to the Am Writing Fantasy podcast and, and share your views and thoughts and, and knowledge about uh, read-through to, to help uh, our listeners to, to make their own series more profitable long-term. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you for listening throughout 2019 and uh, have a very good uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow. And we will see you in 2020. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.